0: I want to get in right into what we I want to talk about today. So would you bow your heads with me God? Thank you for your word First of all, thank you for this country. Thank you for Canada God we thank you for our leaders today We ask protection upon them right from the federal right down from the municipal and every leader in between that's over people God that you will protect their homes protect your families protect your lives God and lead them and guide them in every way with wisdom and revelation that can only come from you, God. This country was founded on godly principles, God. We believe that if it's veering off of that, that you can draw it back with good leadership, God. And if there's leaders that are just serving their own selves, God, we ask that we would get people in those places that would have a heart after you, God, so we can take this country, that it can change the world. We believe that today for Canada in Jesus' name. And for God, for this message today, help me to speak. Holy Spirit, help me to make knowledge acceptable and applicable to our everyday lives. Holy Spirit, take take God's Word today and imprint them upon every mind, every heart. And I declare what your Word promises, that when your Word is taught, it will do what it's sent forth to do. It will not return back to us void, and you will confirm it in our our hearts and our minds, in our lives, with signs and wonders. In Jesus' name, and all the God's people said, amen, amen. amen. (laughs) How many of you negotiate for a living? You kind of make a living, you're a salesman, businessman, or you're, I don't know, life is a negotiation, you negotiate. With your wife at home, or your husband, or your kids. And we're always negotiating something, you know, in order to get either our way or to get to a better place in our lives. Negotiation is something that's a part of our lives. How many of you have lately, or maybe in your lifetime, negotiated with God? It's like, God, if only you, then I. God, if you, then me. And we get this backwards so many times. We try to negotiate with God. God, please bless me and I will serve you with everything in me. If you take this from me, whatever it is, this affliction from me, I will serve you and I will love you forever. God, if you fix my husband, I'll be forever grateful. Please, Lord, please, Lord. God, if you bless me financially, I'll tithe and I'll give. God, I'll praise you when you answer my prayer. I don't know about you, but it's it's happened to me. It still does every now and then. I veer into that totally wrong approach according to God's Word. My message titled today is The Non-Negotiables. The Bible has a bunch of non-negotiables in our life. When we get them and we stop negotiating in those areas of our life and we just do the work, all of a sudden, we give God permission to start working in our lives. Because the Bible says in Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord... At all times, at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth or on my lips, continually. It doesn't say, I'll bless the Lord at all times except when, or my, my, his praise shall continually be on except in these few circumstances. First Thessalonians 5, it says, always be joyful except when it's not a joyful situation, right? No, it says, always be joyful. Verse 17 says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances except when. No, there's no except when there. It's just be thankful. Be thankful in every circumstance in your life. Not for them, but through them. When you're walking through life, when you're walking through a storm, be thankful. Have a thankful heart. For what? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I have a habit, and I don't know where it started but I'm glad I have it. It's a habit that started years and years ago that I have in my life. And it's a habit of three words. And the words are simply this. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I don't know why. I don't know where it started, but there's times there's nothing in my current circumstance that brings those words to my thing. They're just there. They're just there. I get up in the middle of the night. I'm going for Bathroom break or whatever it is, praise you, Jesus. I just roll over, wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, just to roll over. It's like, praise you, Jesus. I find myself doing that all the time. I find myself doing that in the worst circumstances I'm going through. Praise you, Jesus. Struggling with financial, the fridge goes down, the hot water tank blows up, all this stuff that's happened in our world lately at home. It's like, oh my goodness, it's praise you, Jesus. Sometimes I feel like a hypocrite saying it because the circumstances of my life don't, don't, don't almost seems like they don't deserve a praise you jesus but i just there's a habit that i have that just is me now and i I don't know when i started i remember years ago just forcing myself force feeding myself god's word and praising god just doing it doing it doing it no matter what the circumstances were just doing it and it's become such a habit that now i don't even know i'm doing it but i catch myself all the time oh wow i just said these three words why and I look around and there's no real reason why but it's just words coming out of my mouth It's praise you Jesus, I never want that to stop. I never want that to stop. What do you want out of your life? Have you identified areas of your life that need change? Areas in your life that are nowhere near where you want them to be or you're on a path But you don't know how you're gonna get to where you want to go. What is it? What is it? You need to identify that what do you want to grow in? What do you want to grow in? You need to identify that. What are you willing to do to make it happen? What are you willing to do to make it happen? Because at this point, at this point in my life, at this point in our life, it is way more up to you than it is up to God. Way more up to you. God has given us all these things that pertain to life and godliness according to his word. So it is way more up to you and way more up to me what we do with our everyday lives than it is up to God. God will always do his part. But we flipped the script on God many, many times. And my message title today is the non-negotiables. And many of these things I'm talking about, they're not negotiable. They're not negotiable. I love coming here on a Sunday like this. I love just worshiping together and hanging out together and standing with our hands in the air and worshiping our awesome God together like this. But this is not where you're going to get your greatest return. Sorry. What you do in your personal life from Monday to Saturday are going to determine and ultimately determine where you end up. What you do tomorrow morning and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in your own personal spiritual life, your personal walk with God are going to ultimately determine where you end up. You're going to learn tools from here. You're going to get to hang out and fellowship together and have coffee together and laugh together and all these things. But when you walk out this door, and this is all you get on a weekly basis, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're never going to get to where God wants you to be unless you shore up your personal relationship with him and your personal life. Identify what you want and then do the work, even if it's hard. Even if it's hard telling you this just from personal experience sometimes being a Christian is hard sometimes living a strong spiritual life is hard it takes hard work it takes discipline it takes boundaries in our life it takes us setting them up and not crossing them that is something I want to talk to today and I want to help you get to a place man where you and God are a lot tighter and and God increases in your life every single day as you get to know him better as you get closer and closer to him you can only grow in the uncomfort zone. Where you're at right now, there's no growth there. Because you're already here. You don't need to grow to get to where you're at. You need to, if, you want, if you want something bigger, something better, there will have to be movement towards that in your heart, your mind, and your body. And just to move towards what you want. You never grow if you stay where you already are. My kids are very different when it comes to food. My daughter, well... She'll just eat something that she doesn't like because we tell her it's good for her. Okay. And she'll eat it. You know, she might, you know, do this a little bit, whatever. But she'll eat it, actually, and she's really good at it. My son? Not so much. I don't know, maybe it's a boy thing. But these little boys, they, 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 just, they know what they like. They like what they like, and that's it. And so at six and a half years old, um, he, now he likes to flex. He gets that from his mommy. He likes to... (laughs) Look at this, Daddy! I'm like, those would be a lot bigger if you uh, ate what Daddy wants you to eat. So I pull the man card on him, right? And I tell him what to eat to get his muscles growing. And actually, sometimes it works. Sometimes he'll be like, come on, buddy, you can do this. Your muscles are growing. In fact, I'm holding them. And, And he's like, I feel them growing already. There's certain foods that you have to eat in order for you to benefit from what's in those foods. There's certain things in your life you have to do in order to get the benefit working in your life. God's word is that way. You're wondering what's in the bucket. Yes, this is a chicken foot. Now let me tell you about chicken feet. Yes, I know all about chicken feet. I've eaten thousands of these growing up. That's why I'm so healthy and strong. I've eaten thousands of these. Some of you, some of your cultures, you, raise your hand if you've eaten chicken feet before. First, oh wow, good job. Come on, give yourselves a hand. These are good for you. Well, what the heck? You know what chickens walk in? You know, and all this. I, I, yes, I know all that stuff. I grew up on a farm, you know, but we ate thousands of these chicken feet. So I, I studied the chicken foot. Collagen is one of the. I don't know. It's it's a supplement that's just been consumed by so many people the last number of years. It's a big deal. People put it in their smoothies. They buy buckets of this powder called collagen and all this stuff. Do you know that this is one of the highest forms of collagen? And if you don't know about collagen, collagen is good for the nails, good for the joints, good for the skin, good for the hair. Uh, It's good for so many things. Good for so many things. Somehow the collagen never made it to my hair, going up. But, 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 but I do have healthy nails and healthy skin and all this stuff. So, so, so listen, listen to me, okay? When you boil these for four hours, four hours, just simmer them. First of all, the house smells divine if you ever make chicken soup. No, no, no. They don't smell like poop. You know they they've been washed It smells divine You ever eat you ever drink bone broth and all this stuff that's super good some of you do all this healthy stuff Let me tell you there's no higher form of collagen almost none you can buy you can you can buy supplements you can supplement all this stuff but you start eating the stuff that comes out of this you will get 10 times the concentration of anything you will ever get. In fact, the broth that comes off of this stuff, you put it in the fridge overnight, the whole thing turns to complete hard jello. That's how concentrated it is. Yeah, but it's a chicken foot. I'll never eat a chicken foot. Then you can't reap the benefits of the chicken foot unless you learn how to love the chicken foot. You know, I'm going somewhere with this, right? There is such incredible benefits to this book right here. You simmer. You simmer in this thing for four hours. It would change everything about you, including your physical health. Because this is life. And you can't get it anywhere else. You can't supplement it. You can't get it anywhere else. You can supplement a little bit here and there by listening to other people and podcasts. I do do all of that stuff. But what Phil does on his couch at home or on the drive or wherever I go on my walks with my earbuds in consuming God's word, what I do in my personal life determines where I end up week after week after week. And that's the same for you. There are such incredible benefits to God's word. Let me share some of it with you. My point number one today is: forget not all His benefits. In Psalm one hundred three, listen to these promises: "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. He forgives all your wrongdoings. He heals." all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So what? Your your youth is renewed like the eagles. In Psalms 112, it gets even better. Psalms 112 verses 1 to 9, it says, happy are those who fear the Lord. By fear, it means to have a reverential awe of God. Yes, happy are those who delight and doing what he commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They, they themselves will be wealthy. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. When darkness overtakes the godly, light will come bursting in. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. All goes well for those who are generous. Who lend freely and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil circumstances. It just keeps going on and on. I says, those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their enemies triumphantly. They give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. They will have influence and honor. Is that incredible? Do you want that working in your life? You want that working in your... God wants it more than you. And there's ways to have all of that working in your life every single day, all day, all night, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, the believers ought to walk in this. We ought to walk in this, and we can. God made a way for us to walk in this. It's no longer up to him. It's entirely up to you and what you do in your daily life, and your faith walk. In Hebrews 11, it says, so you see, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. These things, church, are not negotiable. There's things you have to do. We have to stop negotiating with God. God, if you only do this, then I know. You do your part and you you, you create boundaries in your life when it comes to your spiritual life and don't deviate out of them. You have to develop, number two, develop an addiction for God's word and love for him will follow. There's an addiction you can have to God's word where you just want it. And for whatever reason, there's a difference between God's word and how many of you read, I don't know, books? (laughs) Like, you like, you know, romance novels or whatever that is. My wife loves certain authors and she'll find a book at the library like this thick and she can't put it down. But why is it when we pick up God's Word where five minutes seems like two hours? Why is it? And yet you can pick up a different book and you just can't put it down. Oh, I can't put this book down. It's 2 a.m. in the morning and you're still reading it. And you pick up God's Word. And all of a sudden, shh, your whole life flashes before you. And everything, all the clutter and all the stuff and all the world events and all the stuff that the world throws at you. You know why? You know Why? When you read just a regular book, the enemy just, he don't care. But you start reading this. All of a sudden, all these thoughts bombard you, bombard you, bombard you, because he knows that you fall in love with this book. He's lost you in every area of your life. He knows that. And that's why he brings all these thoughts. Oh yeah, you, this, this, you did that, you said this, you did this to your kids, or, or, or. And the list goes on and on. I, I don't think it's just me. And so what I've discovered, when I pick up this Bible, the first five minutes sometimes don't matter. If I read this for five minutes sometimes with this cluttered mind, if you ask me, what do you just read? Most times it'd be, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just read the Bible for five minutes, you don't remember a thing. But when I keep reading, when I keep reading, it's all of a sudden, it gets in me, and it starts crowding out this clutter. It starts taking out those other thoughts. It starts just removing the things. And all of a sudden, 5, 10, 15 minutes, all of a sudden, an hour goes by. I'm like, wait a minute. I've been reading the Bible for a whole hour. I'm so immersed in this thing. And now, it's, now, now I'm becoming what it says. And I'm thinking what it says. And I'm consuming all these good things, and it's starting to change, like eating good food. If somebody tells you good food is good for you, okay, take these vitamins. I used to sell vitamins years ago, and they'd, they'd be like, take these vitamins. You know, they have these little sample packs for you who are into vitamins. Sample packs are worthless. They're completely worthless, okay? You know why? Because it takes up to three weeks. Not scientific. I Googled it. It takes up to three weeks for the vi- vitamins and minerals to get into the very cell of, of your body and start making real change in your body. Three weeks. God's is the same way. You read five minutes, eh, get your good thought here and there, whatever, but you start consuming this. It gets into the very fiber of who you are. It changes everything. It changes everything. You, you have to do this. You have to do this. I used to hate these things. As a child, I couldn't stand a tomato. I I just, my, my mom is still fascinated, I love tomatoes. As a teenager, there's not a chance. This would make me throw up, including ketchup. Anything tomato, I hated it. Until one day, as a young adult, I started researching fruits and vegetables. And I found this little vegetable you think it's a fruit, right? Actually, it's a vegetable. It used to be a fruit. I'll prove it to you. I googled it. <laughs> Google's awesome. I mean, you can, you can be against Google, whatever, but I googled it. This is the tomato. It says, why tomato is a vegetable. Tomato is botanically defined as fruits because they form from a flower and contain seeds. Still, they're most often utilized as a vegetable in cooking In fact, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled, (laughs) and this is true actually, in 1893 that the tomato should be classified as a vegetable on the basis of its culinary application. So there you go, vegetable. I just... It's a little more education than you some of you needed today, but this is a vegetable and it's a great vegetable This has properties that no other vegetable has this has Incredible health benefits incredible. I read all this and I researched and I listed all these things and I'm like I need all this in my body it fights off cancer and all this other stuff and and I'm like listing it and I'm like I came to a standstill Because I couldn't stand these things. I wanted all their benefit I remember going to buy tomatoes for the first time. Single guy living at home by myself. And I'm sitting in the thing and I'm putting this in my mouth and I'm crunching it and I'm almost ready to throw up. And I'm like, oh, these benefits, these benefits. There's benefits to that tomato. And I kept reading everything that was good for me in this tomato. I wanted it in my body. And, 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 and I started eating tomatoes. Funny thing happened. Probably about three, four days later, I'm just chugging these things like they're going out of style. A week later, I planted tomatoes in my backyard. (laughs) Grew my own, had so many tomatoes, I fed the neighbors. I'm eating tomatoes like an apple now, and I can love tomatoes. My body's reaping every benefit. I wanted what was in here. So I had to develop a taste for this thing, or I cannot benefit unless it gets in me. Looking at it means nothing. Reading about it means nothing getting it in me, I'm now benefiting. God's word is exactly the same way. If you don't develop a love for it and you consume it every single day of your life, it will change nothing, nothing. Romans 12, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think, and now here's the big word, then, then, not before, then, then you will know what, God's, what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and perfect, or how good And pleasing and perfect his will really is. You want that? You want to know what God's will is for you and what is pleasing to him? You want to know that? You can only get to that place where you get God's direction in your life once you've transformed your life with God's word. Once you've renewed your mind in God's word, then you will get all that stuff. Not before. It's not negotiable. We plead with God, negotiate with God all the time. It's like, oh, come on, if you can just show me my path, I will serve you forever. No, you do your part, and you watch God show up. He does that, he does that faithfully every single time. How do I know when I'm on the right path? When I'm doing the right things in my life? When things become clear to me. When my direction in my life becomes clear to me. When I have peace about something that I shouldn't have peace about. That's when I know I'm in God's perfect path. Plan for my life, and that's where I want to be. That's where I want to stay. That's where I want to strive to be. We want to know what God wants us to do, but we're not willing to do the work to get there. It's not negotiable. By the way, it's not that hard either. Find a spot in your home. Find a spot in your life somewhere. Create boundaries around your home, your family, your spouse, whatever that is. You have to create boundaries for it in order to make this happen, or it won't happen. Literally, it won't happen. This is an individual choice and in decisions that we make. God is a jealous God. He wants so much more of you than just your spare time every now and then. He's so desperate for you. He's so desperate to reveal his plan. He's God for you, and it's a good one. And it's bigger than you. It's way bigger than you. The Bible says, talks about the jealousy of God. It's a different kind of jealousy. I want God to be jealous of me that way. It's kind of a jealousy I would have for my wife. I love her so much that you mess with her, you'll find out how jealous I am. You'll find out. That's the kind of jealousy that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, I hope that you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me, for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of a serpent, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. Paul was concerned with the Corinthians that that he's taught them all this stuff, but because they're not, consumed with god every day they're letting all this other false clutter of the world how many of you the world's messed up and all this stuff that's coming at you 24 7 many times very quickly will crowd out if you haven't filled yourself with god's word by the way it's worth the trip my point number three it is worth the trip if you're from Steinbach, it's worth the trip to go buy a car in Steinbach, right it's worth the trip to Steinbach. The car dealers had to make up this slogan years ago because Steinbach is 40-minute drive, whatever, and Winnipeg's loaded with car dealers, so why should you come to Steinbach? We'll make it worth your while. It's worth the trip. We'll give you a better deal. In fact, we'll throw in something, you know, whatever that is. You know, we'll give you a better deal. It's worth the trip. Getting high on God lasts forever. You want to get that high every day. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says this is what the Scripture means when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what god has prepared for those who love him man you can't even imagine how big the plan for god for you is in god's eyes in romans 8:28 we know that god causes everything everything to work together for the good of those who love god and are called according to his purpose for them You are called according to his purpose. It's you he's talking about over here. He will cause everything to work together for those of you. You have to develop this closeness, develop this love for God. Getting close to God, it takes effort. It takes discipline. There are certain things that we get backwards all the time, but they're not negotiable. They're not negotiable. David said in Psalms, it's a a very common portion of Scripture, says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Well, guess what? I flip this all the time. say, God, if you just give me my heart's desire, whatever that desire is right now, I will delight in you backwards. God will give give me those desires if I delight myself in him first. James 4, it says, draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. Draw close to God. That means you draw close to God, and then God will draw close to you. It's not backwards. God, if you just come close to me, I feel closer to you. No, you draw close to God. It's not negotiable. Matthew 6.33, a very, very popular portion of scripture that's preached from pulpits all over the world. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. We get this backwards all the time. God, if you just meet my needs. God, if you just answer this prayer. God, if you just do this for me, I will seek you with all my heart. We get this backwards. It's not negotiable. You can't negotiate with God that way. He says, no, you seek me with above all else. You live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. These are things, that this, this is for the believer. This is not negotiable. These are things you have to work on every single day. I don't know about you, but my, my brain gets cluttered so fast so fast with everything coming at me all the time all the time if i'm not very deliberate in my god time to crowd out what the enemy is trying to clutter my mind with and how do i do that i crowd it out with god's word crowd it out with god's word literally consume it just consume it get away by yourself have your spouse send you somewhere for a couple of days whatever it is grab your bible and then when you create those boundaries it's just you and god I just went away for a couple of days and, man, I just, my voice is still a little off, but, and so I wasn't outside much, I didn't wanna, I knew I was speaking and then I'm like, okay. I got my voice on Sunday, (coughs) it's cracking a little bit. Pray for me, we're all good. But I remember sitting there on a couch at this place I was at, with my feet up for hours, just consuming God's word, consuming God's word, looking out, over the scenery I was looking at, and I then just, I just felt God's peace. And I literally felt God saying to me, Phil, these are the moments I crave. These are the moments I crave. It's just you and me, Phil. It's just you and me. No wife, no kids, no ministry, no church crowd. All those things are great. All those things are great blessings. But these are the moments I crave. And that's when you can hear God's voice, when you're in those presence of God. I'm a better man, I'm a better husband when I refresh myself. I'm a better dad to my kids when I'm not all stressed out all the time. I'm a better pastor when I've given God his first fruit, when I've given God his time. I'm better at what I do, I'm a better speaker. I can make truth more clear when I've been in the truth, when I've been in God's word. I'm simply a better man when I've taken God's Word and do what it says and let it change me. I don't know about you, but I need God's direction every day. For you businessmen and you moms and parents that are raising families and you teachers that are standing in front of dozens of kids every day, you need God's wisdom to do the very best for what God has called you to do. You need God's wisdom. How do you get that? Psalm 37 it says the lord directs the steps of the godly he delights in every detail of their life though they stumble they will never fall for the lord holds them by the hand once i was young and now i'm old yet i have never seen the godly abandoned and their children begging for bread the godly always give generously to the others to others and their children are a blessing these are promises for the believer these are promises that are yours. These are promises that when you read them, you own them, and then you go get them. These are promises that you can't just get by negotiating with God. These are promises that will be yours. They're yes and amen only if we've done our part. The only, God wants them more than you ever can imagine. God wants them more in your life than you do. But you've got to do the work you got to be someone that has those boundaries in your life where God is first place, period, period, period. It's not negotiable. It just takes daily discipline, and it's within all of you to do. The word busy, the word busy is an overused word in the Christian world. I've been too busy for that, too busy for God, too busy for God's Word. You cannot be too busy for that. If you want to reap the benefits God has for you, if you want to reap the promises and the rewards and fulfill the full destiny God has for you, not half of it, create some boundaries. Find a spot this week for those of you who have had a hard time getting into God's Word faithfully. Create some boundaries. Find a chair, a corner, a dark room. Take, leave your phone in the other room. Tell your spouse you'll be with them in a, in a moment. Tell your kids to not bother daddy for a while. Whatever that is, create those boundaries. Create those boundaries. Create a yellow line. I call it the yellow line principle I heard years ago. What's a yellow line? It's a do not cross. It's a solid yellow line. Create it. I don't care. Go get some yellow tape. Put it around your chair and says nobody crosses over. You don't cross out, nobody crosses in. It's just you and God. It's your spot. And once you get faithfully doing that, you watch You watch the windows open and all of a sudden you'll, you'll get revelation you don't, you've never gotten before. Because you will be clear, and the clutter will be removed by God's Word. And you will, it will have crowded out all the, the lies and all the clutter that the enemy has thrown at you and continues to throw at you and will continue to throw at you. This is not a one-time thing. This is a daily walk. This is something you have to do faithfully, just like food. Just like food. Get it in you to benefit from it. You cannot eat a tomato once. And benefit from it. You have to continue to consume it every single day. And whatever nutrients is in here, it's going to affect every fiber and every cell of your body. Every fiber of your being, God wants to touch and wants to be a part of. But you have to live that disciplined life and you can. It's not as complicated as we make it out to be. I know your life is busy. I know some of you are going through stuff right now. In the midst of that stuff, always be grateful. Always be thankful. Give god praise and you watch you start that this week for some of you need to do this more than others some of you, are, you're ready your devotion life is great and you're reaping the benefits of it some of you man you want to get there there is ways to get there god didn't make it complicated but he didn't give you a free free ride either he literally says you do these things you watch you delight in me i will give you the desires of your heart you just do this you can do this church would you bow your heads with me god Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. God, thank you that you are here, right in your presence, speaking to your people today, including myself. God, I believe today, God, that you touched every heart every mind with your word, and that will forever change. I declare every word spoken out of your word this morning will not turn back empty, but it will do what it's sent forth to do. I declare that over every heart every mind today in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, keep your heads bowed, keep your eyes closed. There's some of you here today, you've never invited Jesus into your life. This Jesus I'm talking about, can rock your world, change everything about you, everything. I'm not just making that sweeping statement. It is true. He will change everything when you give him a chance and you trust him with your life. I want to close in a prayer that's so powerful. It's a prayer, what makes it powerful, the Bible says when you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth and invite Jesus into your life, he comes and you instantly become a part of God's family. Your past is gone, finished, gone forever, but you have to do the inviting. I'm gonna close in a prayer. We're gonna pray as a congregation together, so we're not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna ask you to you know, stand up or come forward. Right from your seat, everybody around you is gonna pray with you We wanna be part of this journey with you as you give your life to Jesus. But there's one thing I want you to do before we pray. And that's you. And you just say, Pastor, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Or I wanna come back to him, I've run so far from him. This this moment is for you right now as we close down our service. And it's simply raising your hand and saying, Jesus, I want that. So all over this congregation, if you wanna quickly slip up a hand, and I wanna pray, we wanna pray with you all over this place. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard to see in the darker corners here. So just keep hand up. Thank you over here. I see that hand. Thank you. 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 Hands up all over the place. Thank you. You're making the best decision of your life right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you over here. I see that. Wow. You're making the best decision. If there's if there's a fear inside of you right now, right in your gut. Don't give in to that fear. That's the enemy saying, nah, come on. You don't want to do this. Come on. Don't give in to him right now. God is speaking to your heart. I know it. I feel it. If you haven't raised your hand yet, please do. This is your your time. This is your time. I'm not forcing you. I'm just saying, this is your time. Thank you over there. I see that. Thank you. Yes. One more time. One more time. Yes. Thank you over here. See that. Thank you. One more time. If I missed your hand, God sees it. God saw it. Would you all... But everybody here, really loud, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus for me. Forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. Jesus, today, I'm giving my life to you. I want to serve you for the rest of my days. Help me to do that every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Woo!